Welcome to the Weekly Trend, a podcast for navigating the markets through the lens of technical analysis. The Weekly Trend podcast is provided for educational purposes only and does not constitute any professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the information or content without first seeking advice from a registered financial planner. Welcome back to the Weekly Trend podcast. Today is January 20th, 2023. S&P sitting at 39.34. My name is Ian McMillan, and I am joined today by Kevin Ferrari. So Kevin, to get into it, anything right off the bat that jumps out to you that you are just absolutely dying to get off your chest? No, I don't think so. Other than kind of like we were talking about before we even started recording, it'd be nice to move somewhere, which seems to be the story for, I don't know how long now. It seems like forever. Yeah, we talked about that 39.34 level, the same place we were at last week, same place we were at a month ago, same place we were at two months ago, same place we were at four months ago, five months ago, six, seven months ago. On May 12th, we closed 39.33. (laughs) we sit at 39 34 as we are sitting here talking i'm starting to feel like bill murray and groundhog's day just waiting for ned ryerson to come walking out down the street just trying to sell him some insurance yeah but uh, i mean obviously now in that time period lots of things have gone lots of different places you know where we talk about the s p obviously um, within the U.S., that has kind of been a laggard the last few months. The Dow has clearly been the leader there. Um, internationally, we know things have been a lot better, particularly in Europe. And a few spots. I don't think you can say Latin America overall. You and I were kind of having a discussion before this. Obviously, the strength out of Argentina has been noted multiple times but to my surprise you actually discovered this ilf which i believe is the only latin america etf at least the only one that comes to my mind so i'm assuming at least the most liquid no argentina no argentina exposure a lot of brazil like what'd you say 60 percent brazil yeah right around there just 59 just a little over 59 percent and Brazil has been, I mean, all things considered, even compared to the U.S., kind of laggard. Mm-hmm. Really hasn't done anything. I mean, it's underperformed over the last couple months by, I mean, you go back to early November, Brazil's underperformed by 18%. So about two and a half months. Um, but you've got Argentina and, uh, you know, ILF will give, you know, We'll give them props for they got Mexico. Yep, second place. Yeah, just a hair over almost 26%. I think EWW looks pretty good. I say um, when we look at EWW and ARGT, two ETFs that represent um, these countries, Mexico and Argentina, respectively, 
So they have pretty similar behavior recently. Mm-hmm. Healthy consolidations above some previous highs. So we will see if that sticks. But back to the U.S. Yeah, we had this trend line on the S&P. I kind of joked the other day on Twitter that it was the most watched trend line we've had in probably a few years. And I say that, you know, just with all the charts being posted, it was a, it's a very obvious rate of trend when you go back to the December 2021 highs mm-hmm. and the touch in March and the touch in August and the couple touches in December and a touch last week. Was that last Friday, the 13th? Somewhere in there. Maybe the, maybe it was Monday. But cannot break it. And you had the Dow uh, hovering around this 34,000 level, which has been tested a lot. Tested in August, again, a couple times in December. And then again, yeah, last Friday. And unable, unable to break through. So it seems like the evidence is there. I mean, the breadth isn't bad. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, stocks working that, you know, this, you know, this is an opinion, but I wouldn't expect them to work if we were in a, you know, global, looming global recession. I'm not saying that we can't have a recession and some stocks do fine, but, you know, a caterpillar. It's a big leader. I would assume that would be doing worse if all the doom and gloom was as bad as people say. Now, yeah, I mean, that can we can be sitting here a month from now and Caterpillar's down 15%. But as far as where we stand today, some pretty, you know, I don't know if they're great things or okay things. But as you had mentioned before we got on here, also, it's not so great things. Right. Yeah, I mean, really, when you kind of take a step back and look at all these different areas, I mean, it's really a mixed bag. You're not seeing much traction in any one area for the most part. Or if you are, it kind of seems to be short-lived. It's like every Friday, it seems like when we hop on there and start thinking, we're seeing a little bit of a kind of a theme, I guess, for lack of a better word. It seems like it's kind of the opposite next week and flip-flopping back and forth. Yeah, especially, I mean, growth and value, you know, I'd say growth had a pretty nice little bounce back now. Mm -hmm. And you still give the edge to value here based on these trends. But, and maybe, you know, some of that goes back to rates. Rates were... I guess flat for the week. I mean, they were down for today. Still kind of bumbling around and 10 years tried, tried to break out short term. They're kind of running into a trend line as well. Yeah, like IEF came up, touched 200 day, mm-hmm. kind of rolled back over today. But I mean, at least, I guess at least they took out their most recent high. They did. Which is CLT never really confirmed. I mean, I think mm-hmm. if you're gonna get super bear or super bullish on bonds, yeah, you gotta have the long terms confirming 
and they've got back to those early December highs around 109. Rolled over here the last couple days. And we still just continue to sit. I will say one positive is that the defensives, your staples, your utilities, real estate, healthcare, and I think those are actually the four worst sectors today. Um, they continue to look pretty bad on a relative basis. So there's no running to those areas for protection. It doesn't seem to be the case. We could still absolutely go into a bear market and, you know, defenses underperform. Maybe that's a rate thing, right? These are probably companies that hold more debt. Your utilities, your staples, things like that hold more debt. But from a relative perspective, I got to give it to the bulls that these areas kind of stink. Mm -hmm. XLC on a relative basis. I can't believe we're saying this. And I don't think it's been fixed. I'd say it's breaking a rate of trend. Again, on a relative basis. Back from, was it like September-ish, September 2021? But for all intents and purposes, still a long-term downtrend. Right. Well, that's the thing. These things have been hit so hard, right? I guess you can't be totally surprised that they're fighting back a little bit here, but they are. Yes. And you know, and I would put consumer discretionary in that same category. Mm -hmm. Now that I guess this is large cap. I would say some of the smaller, more random stuff. And I think we, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we did the podcast, the smaller random things like Abercrombie and Fitch, uh, Buckle, like these really, you know, when we had the big, you know, malls are going out of style, that big scare from a few years ago and all these mall retailers got hit and they've kind of been lumped in this, you know, grouping of pretty subpar retail names and they don't look too bad you know i put macy's another one in there five below has somehow held up pretty well over the last yeah like american eagle kind of in that same boat yeah american eagle i mean it's basically my entire middle school uh, wardrobe is kind of trying to hang in there. I mean, so look at five like... below versus Amazon. And that's, I mean, that in itself doesn't seem super risk off. We'll see. But yes, though, the point, point in case is the small and mid cap uh, retail discretionary type names have been working better than your Amazons and your your tech stuff. Mm -hmm. Although you mentioned online retail had made on an absolute basis a little recovery here. Mm -hmm. We'll see again. That's a chart that again I can't say that that's out of the woods. No, that's the thing. I mean, they're basically coming right back up, like ONLN or iBuy up to the two hundred day, and I mean they've done it before the last couple days basically kiss it and roll back over so 
I'm not expecting too much really at this point. Bitcoin. Got to be honest, I'm a little surprised we made it back above the 2017 highs. So like 19, 20, I don't think we ever got to 20,000, but we'll call it 20,000 for the sake of discussion. Yeah, so got down to, I don't know where, I mean, 15, 16,000, mm-hmm. we're back to 21. Rate of trend broken. Uh, I'm going to say no. It's a nice move this past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much right there. On, November, or on January 9th. So it's been a pretty quick little 25% move. We'll see. But all in all, when we look at price, we're above those. 2017 highs in Bitcoin. I don't think you certainly can't be short. No. Where it goes from here, I don't know. Again, like stocks, I'm not super convinced. But again, one of those things where the behavior recently, I don't know, just still more thumb twiddling. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You keep getting enough to want to make the case. Yeah, we could move higher, right? We're just talking about Bitcoin moving higher. Defense is breaking down. Online retail, you know, kind of your smaller mid-cap names. But I mean, that. so we could keep getting hints of these moves. And the S&P just, doesn't do anything, yeah. which may, I mean, right? Maybe that era is done, which would make sense. At yeah. some point, we're all going to stop paying attention to the S&P. But yeah, the inability there for those stocks to break higher now you look at things like mid-cap value that are back to all-time highs. Mm -hmm. And I do find that interesting. Mid-caps, for me, I've kind of always put them in this why bother category. Right. Of, you know, if you're going to be, you know, be overweight large caps or be overweight small caps, don't hang out in the middle. But to be honest, that's kind of, been the uh place to be really the sweet spot yeah. i mean actually if you just look at like rfv to iwm i mean on a weekly basis just look it's actually kind of crazy oh i mean it's really taking out yeah yeah i mean that thing's running so and i wonder if it's because it's more of a value phenomenon could be i have rfg versus IWO, yeah, I mean, it depends, you know, up over the last two years, down over the last 12. So maybe that, I mean, maybe that changes. Maybe mid caps become a sweet spot. I think that goes back to definitely seems we're entering a new cycle with new leadership. Uh, So I am pretty much willing to accept that anything can change. Right, open to anything at this point, just gonna be something. Yeah, and then, and especially if we're gonna have a rising rate environment, mm-hmm. I think a lot of things get tossed out the window from what people have be- begun to ex- become to expect over the last 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. What about the dollar? Is the dollar other than you know boosting stocks overseas still below one hundred four? Mm-hmm. 
Has it done much for anything else? What do you think? What do you think about gold? Where are we sitting on gold, Kevin? Gold's interesting. So I think, I mean, it's on an absolute basis, a little messy. It's obviously been on a run, but if you look at that relative to the S&P, like especially on a weekly, if you look at that downward rate of trend from, I mean, really all-time highs in that relationship back in kind of late summer, early fall 2011. Yeah. Um, it's trying to break that rate of trend now, depending on how you draw that. I mean, it's essentially right there. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, when you look at the behavior over the last, I mean, it, it looks, it visually looks like it's kind of trying to carve out a base. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you're right there. And then on a horizontal, right, you've got these highs from March, mm -hmm. June, dollar below 104. Also would fit this 2003 to 2007 theme with materials and foreign stocks and emerging markets and Latin America. So, which I mean, right with, I guess what we're seeing in so kind of fits together. But I mean, at this point, it just kind of seems like the same story. It's got to stick. Maybe we spend, I mean, maybe we spend a decade looking at the S&P like we looked at emerging markets for the last decade. Mm -hmm. well, that's and that's fair. I mean, it, I think, right, yeah. there's there's a home country bias mm -hmm. in uh, most people that says, oh, gosh, that would never happen to American stocks. I mean, I think you got to be open to it. I mean, emerging markets haven't gone anywhere for six, six, 15 and a half years, 16 years. Mm -hmm. That's on a, you know, now if you include dividends, I guess you're back to your 07 highs. But does the S&P become the DAX? Maybe a bad example on the DAX. It's actually been a pretty good one. That's been hanging in there. As far as Europe is concerned. Right. Got the CAC. Just now getting above, you know, in France, just getting above its 2007 highs. You've got, you know, talk about Brazil again. Sitting in the same spot. It's been for three years. So it's possible. And especially if we've got some type of currency headwind, the dollar becomes weak. What does that do? I guess it could be, you know, a boost. People say a lower dollar better for stocks, but from a relative perspective, I think it hurts U.S. stocks. You know, again, same thing we saw March 2002 to the bottom, you know, dollar bottomed in March 08. And it was good for U.S. stocks. I mean, stocks went up for four or five years, drastically underperformed now. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. All right, Kevin, anything else? comes to your mind before we leave our listeners to get about on their weekends? No, I mean, I think the only thing I kind of noticed while we were talking here, like S&P cash, if you look at the 50 and 200 day, I mean, if I'm eyeballing this right, which you can kind of confirm that, I mean, we got to be the closest we've been for those two moving averages have been since they basically crossed, right? You mean? Distance from each other. Yeah. Almost got there in 
Simber again tried. I really thought we were going to get there on uh, with Wednesday's open. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were there. And barring some type of, I think Pratty said we had to get the 39. I don't know what type of candle it had. We'd have to have, we'd probably need to close above 4,000 4, 4, to get there. But not happening this mm-hmm. week on the ETF will stay in T-bills. As of right now, I mean, anything can happen in the next three hours, but I'm not expecting a 2% surge into the close. Mm-hmm. No, but by next week, who knows, right? If it keeps following the same pattern, I guess. It always seems like we're kind of seeing things flip-flop back and forth. So who knows, next week, probably talking about the total opposite. Very well could be. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll say... Um, one last reminder for all of our clients who will be in town. Adaptive will be presenting uh, Tuesday for the quarterly lunch and learn. We'll, we'll review kind of 2022, what to look forward to in 2023. So myself, Dave, Kevin, Dan will all be presenting. Um, so if you're in town, I know we usually get some pretty good turnouts for those usually I know the afternoon sessions are almost always fully booked, but make sure that you make time. I know it's usually on a Wednesday. It's usually on the third Wednesday of the month. It's going to be on Tuesday. That will occur all this month. And I believe that the rest of the year is back on the third Wednesday schedule. Mm -hmm. So we will leave you with that. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have a good weekend.